Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Taking a nice long run can help clear the mind and invigorate the spirit. You can take in the scenery or zone out while listening to your favorite tunes. Any way you do it, running is simply good for you. Yet for some, running alone is not the vibe. Why? Support, safety, camaraderie. In short, community. There are folks here in Middle Tennessee who've taken it upon themselves to help get longtime lovers of running and newbies out on the road or trail. Later this hour, we'll meet some and learn why they enjoy pushing the pace. But first, we're saying goodbye to an original member of the This Is Nashville team today. Michaela Elias has been behind the board from day one. They are the reason why I and everyone else on the show sound so nice. Michaela Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thanks. How's Thanks, it, Khalil. How's it going? It's good. It feels weird to be on this side of the glass um, yeah. and like see the team <laughs> through the glass and, and be like, oh, that's what it looks like <laughs> during the day. It does. You guys look good. Um, you know, okay, so it's been since day one. What's your experience been like working on the show? What do you enjoy? Oh, my gosh. Um... What haven't I enjoyed, honestly? I'm I'm gonna cry. Okay, <laughs> okay we have tissues. Yeah, um, I, it's been so fun to like deal with the pace of the show and like always have something going on. Mm -hmm. That's been very cool, and like all the people I've gotten to work with, whether it's like the guests who always have something cool to say, um, or if it's actually the team itself, you know, like. Working with y'all is really special. It has been special working with you. Now, you know, what did you think when you first got the got wind of the opportunity to do this type of work? You have a production and engineering background. You went to Belmont and mm -hmm. studied that. You have a degree in that. And I remember when we were looking for technical directors, I'm on LinkedIn, and you came up. I just typed up, hey, my name's Khalil. We're doing this really cool show. Do you think you want to be involved? You're like, yes, automatically. Mm -hmm. So what you, what'd you think about that? Well, it's funny because somebody sent me the um, the application link, the, the post on um, the Nashville Public Radio page. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I was at 6.50 a.m. WSM beforehand. And I was like, I kind of like working in music. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe um, it sounds interesting to pivot into news, do a talk show. But I was like, I don't, I don't know. I was on the fence about it. And then you hit me up, hmm. which is so funny um, because when I when I heard from you and you're like, I'm the host, I'm directly involved with this, and I think you'd be really cool for it. I was like. Okay, okay. I'll I'll apply. We'll see how it goes, <laughs> you know. Um and then it it worked out after, you know, many rounds of going through applications and doing a, a test run through that I was so nervous for I almost threw up in the studio. Like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was stressful. Um but it was, you know, it was definitely a blessing that I 
mm-hmm. got to join the team. Yeah, I'm glad I twisted your arm. Yeah. <laughs> now, back in April, you produced an episode of the show all about queer support groups in our city. You also produced a scene about the Rainbow Collective. Let's listen to that. It's a rainy Tuesday night, but that hasn't kept dozens from showing up tonight. The Rainbow Collective is the brainchild of Emily Dryberg and her sister, Jamie. Basically, it's an exclusive showcase of some of Nashville's LGBTQ musicians every Tuesday. We're coming up on a thousand performers that have come through our stages, some very significant, some people who just, this is the only space they have to play. Um, and it's just been, like, honestly, like, overwhelmingly, like, I can't even process how amazing it is. I'm just, They've been doing this showcase for a minute, but it's been about a year and a half since they brought it here to Lipstick. And that move has really helped draw in more of the community. One of the reasons I love playing the rainbow shows so much here at Lipstick Lounge is just that I so rarely get to interact with any type of queer community. I have found an incredible community. As I said again, all flavors, sizes, everything that you can imagine in this Experiencing world. music was, being with my friends, was being around people who kind of all felt like misfits. The community aspect of music making is everything. Those were singer-songwriters Brian Ruby, Cindy Alter, and Liv Lombardi. And especially right now in our city and state, Fostering that feeling of security for this community means a lot. There seems like there's a lot more on the line, a lot more at stake, and that it's even more important to find people that can really lift you up. That's Grammy-nominated artist Olivia Rudine, and fellow artist Aton Snyder says he agrees. In the way Nashville works, you kind of need each other to all kind of go up together. Um, and especially something like this is really like, it, feel, it feels very communal in a lot of ways. This is exactly what Jamie Dryberg and her sister were going for with this showcase. They wanted to give queer musicians a space. And what better place than the lesbian church that is Lipstick Lounge, right? We're happy to be here. I love it. I look forward to every Tuesday. I've made so many great friends. I had a few friends who are artists who recently got engaged and met here, and I'm like, that's what what we're here for, right? I kind of feel like if if somebody isn't already creating those spaces, why not just create them? One more time. That is so cool. (laughs) So cool. Great job. Thank you. Tell me, what was putting that episode and that scene together? What was that like? It was it was equal parts hard and equal parts incredibly life giving um, because, you know, it's a rough time. Like I mentioned in the scene, it's a rough time to be queer and be out and about in the United States, but, you know, Tennessee, especially. Um, And it was just really fun to have a fun episode to get a bunch of people together and be like, hey, things are hard, um, but let's let's talk about what's joyful in Tennessee. 
Um, and the singing was super fun. Um, I knew Emily and Jamie um, for a couple of years. I met them in college and we kind of lost touch. We were like friendly acquaintances and then we lost touch. Um, and then I was like, this would be the perfect opportunity to mm. talk to them, see what they've been up to. And I was like, oh, let's let's record a scene about what they're doing. And um, it was great to hang out with those folks, the artists and stuff. And um, it was it was really fun. It was mm. a really fun scene. You also stop talking about fun. You also <laughs> produced a recent episode about emo music. And you really love <laughs> emo music. Tell us about that experience. Oh, that was that was so much fun. Um, if the the queer show was fun, this was like 40 times more fun. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I had pre-interviews with folks that were an hour and a half, two hours long. It was a blast. Um, and, you know, I, I, it was really cool to talk to these folks and like get some of this historical pers perspective, but also hear a little bit about what they were experiencing tied to emo music. And here's some of my favorite moments from that show. But there was a good group of people in town that were very much a part of this scene. There were great promoters in town that knew these bands personally. And I ended up uh, changing my life, honestly, getting to getting to travel on that the one record we made, um, you know, just opened my mind in so many different ways as a 21-year-old. If you're an underdog, you're welcome here. If you're a part of the community, uh, we're kind of all in this together. You can make whatever type of music, but if you're feeling that emotional, you've got that emo vein in you, it's just kind of... You know, it's undeniable. It's going to come out. <laughs> I would love to see the the continuation of the collaboration and um, gen general communication, everybody shouting each other's bands out and helping each other out. You know, if you really zoom out, if you get macro about emo music, it's all about a feeling. Don't forget the eyeliner. Don't forget the eyeliner. That was such a fun episode to host. And thank you for, yeah. you know, putting your passions into that. Now, Look, you not only kept This Is Nashville sounding good, you also helped out a lot of people here at Nashville Public Radio. What do you want them, what do you want to say to them about your time here? Oh, man. It's been so, so good to be here. People really care about each other. Um, yeah. And I just am honored to know these people. Um and I'm honored to know you and all of your many facets, hmm. um, including some of these funsy moments behind the scenes. The rhymes, the rhinestone cowboy. These artists and songs currently chop the tart. Chop the tarts. I did that when I was running through it earlier. And I was like, oh my God, Khalil, that's funny. Don't do that. They tawed and feathered him? Indeed. Because my best friends and I are weird and would sit in the house and do that. Like the whole, hey, where you coming from? These times we were watching the World Series and there was a player named Muncie. And I'm like, my man Muncie's going to hit a home run, you see? And then it just started. It was weird. Yeah, when you have weird friends, you do it. <laughs> Next time on This Is Nashville, freedom. <laughs> For years, Nashville's population growth revealed growth. <laughs> and we need you to step up and make your donation now. <coughs>
at allergies.com. Thank you. That's coming up after this hour's news. So stay with us. This is Nashville. That's the sauce right there. Funsies. Funsies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> A lot of fun. A lot of fun. So tell us, what will you be moving on to next? Um, I'm going to go to London to mm. Queen Mary University, um, and I'm going to st- get a master's in um, creative writing. And, you know, that's been a passion of mine for a while now, and I wrote a poetry collection. And, um, yeah, the goal is to learn as much as I can and write some cool stuff, really. Oh, you're <laughs> going to write a lot of cool stuff. I, I I understand. That's what I say to guests all the time. I understand you have a poem you'd like to read for yeah. us. Yeah. Will you please share a poem with us, Michaela? Sure. Um, this one's called To the Rubbish Pile Off of Hardwood Road. In the hills, there is silence. An engine used to run until it didn't. They left it under the spruce tree to decay. The earth stretched her verdant fingers over the breakage, kissed the brittle iron, and made jewelry of mottled steel. A coyote took refuge in the crumbling leather interior. The bluffs in western Pennsylvania are more like plateaus, sloping gradually as though they have never seen the ripple of an earthquake. The silver pickup will never again accost the earth with its violent upheaval, gasping like a newborn and gagging on its slow, leaking oil. Oh, what a dazzling thing to be taken back by a mother. That's beautiful. Thank you. Michaela Elias is the founding technical director of This Is Nashville. Today is their last day. Mick, it's been a pleasure to work with you. Great time getting to know you. And an honor to call you a friend. Same. Thank you. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll meet leaders of a local running group and local running groups, pardon me, and learn how they found community by getting into the race. Are you a runner? What do you enjoy about it? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Colona, and this is Nashville. Here's a question to ask the anthropologist in your life. Is running the first form of exercise? My guess, because it totally is one, is yes. I, I have no proof. It just feels right. If nothing else, it's a sport with a very low barrier of entry. No ball, no fancy equipment, no need for a court to be free. Just lace up your shoes and go. Whether it was humanity's first form of exercise or not, one fact is undoubtedly true. We humans have taken the act of running to new levels. Like my first guest, Corey Woltering, is an ultra runner based in Chattanooga and sponsored by North North Face. Corey, Welcome to This Is Nashville. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate you being here. Okay, so but tell us, what is ultra running? Yeah, ultra running would be defined as anything that is longer than a marathon. And the traditional marathon distance is 26.2 miles. And then ultra pretty much starts after that. 
um, I guess like the first like recognized distance would be 50 kilometers or 31 miles. How long are the races you're normally running? How long are they? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I tend to like the 50 mile, 100 mile races or sometimes even longer. Even longer? What's the longest race you've run? Well, the longest continuous effort that I've done um, was 350 miles over five days. And then I've also done 1,200 miles in 21 days. Wow. Wow. Okay, this is pretty <laughs> incredible. Well, tell me, how did how did you get into this? I'm guessing you didn't start out pushing the limits like this. No, absolutely not. <laughs> So uh, I like to tell the story that my first race ever was when I was seven years old, and it was against my grandfather across a, per a church parking lot. Um, and my grandpa beat me, but, you know, since I thought I was super fast and had to win, when we got to the other side, I said, turn around, we have to go back, and I won on the way back. Um, but honestly, you know, I just grew up in a town in the Midwest and played soccer, ran cross-country baseball, swim team, just a bunch of different sports. And um, it was just running was always something that was a part of another sport that I was doing. And I just kind of kept getting better at, at it as the years went on. So you grew up in the Midwest, but you've chosen to base yourself out of Chattanooga. Tell me why. Yeah, I love Chattanooga. Um, I think it is, you know, a great outdoor city. I think it's very underrated because, um, I mean, I've lived in other places like Boulder, Denver, uh, Vegas, um, you know, places that have a lot of trails, places out west. But I love Chattanooga because of the easy access to the outdoors, along with just the vast variety of um, outdoor activities that you can do here. Now, for some, running alone doesn't quite cut it. So they found running groups as a way to build community. My next guests know this well. Lindsay Mormon is the co-leader of Trail Sisters, and Guy Ursery is the co-leader of Front Runners. Lindsay and Guy, welcome. Thanks for being here. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Hi, Thank thanks you for, for having, having us. us. Really great. So, Lindsay, how long have you been running? So I've been running about 11 years and about... 12, 10 of them have been on the trail mainly. Okay, so explain the difference between road running and trail running. Yeah. Um, one, I find it a lot easier on my body. Um, to me, it's a lot more interesting. You have to be more engaged when you're running on the trail. It's a little bit more technical with the roots and the rocks. Um, I feel like it's a lot of time more scenic, um, and you get to go to various places that you can't get to by a car. That's awesome. Now, Guy, how'd you get into running? Um I love to tell people that it's because I'm not coordinated and that's the easiest <laughs> sport. But uh, realistically, my sister, um, when I was born, took it upon herself to act like she was my mother. So when I was eight, she had just entered high school and started cross country. So anything she did, I had to do. So she would come home after practice and her and I would go for three or four mile runs. And so since I was eight, we've just been doing that ever since. That's great. Your big sister to the rescue, right? Uh, Rescue is is probably the right word to say. We'll say rescue. <laughs> okay, now, outside of being great exercise, what benefits do you get from running? Um, I, my favorite benefit of all of it is it, it's such a good um, decompression tool, like being able to get up in the morning and do a couple of miles or, you know, even after a hard day of work, uh, it just 
I don't know, it just takes away all the stress. I mean, being able to um, not have to really think, just go out and just run and just enjoy mm -hmm. what you see and what you're doing. It's the proverbial zoning out. Absolutely. Now, you both are a part of running groups. Mm -hmm. I want to know, what is it about being in a runner group that appeals to you? Lindsay? I am a very social person, um, and a lot of times I find that it, it helps me keep going. Um, your perceived effort a lot of times is a lot lower if you're with friends and just running and talking. Um, and so I think that's a lot of it, and it's just a way just to go out and be with them without having to do various other things. Mm, Guy? Um, I agree with, with all of that. Uh, I, I think for me, um, growing up in Tennessee and being part of the queer community, it was kind of lonely back in West Tennessee because, you know, that wasn't really a big thing there. So coming here and having this group, um, you know, it's just a group of like-minded people, and this is just something else that we enjoy together. So, I mean, we come together as a community and just enjoy it. And we got a tweet at This Is Nashville from Hollers at Race Cars. It says, quote, during the 80s and 90s, I lived in the Louisville area and did a lot of running and got a good deal of it with the Cherokee Roadrunners. Every Sunday morning, we'd meet, have a run, then breakfast. It was pretty much the only companionship I had some weeks, end quote. Do you all know folks who only socialize through running? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I think honestly, like that kind of is what got me into the group that I have now, because mm -hmm. when I moved from West Tennessee to Nashville, I mean, I moved in with my partner. But what got us really connected was the Nashville Frontrunners. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody outside of that. And, you know, that was my Monday and that was my Thursday was that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Now, Corey, I imagine there are not many people who can run 100 miles with you, but have you found running groups helpful? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm only racing 100 miles once or twice a year, um, but I love going to the different group runs that we have here in Chattanooga. And I actually started a group run from Rock Creek that I work at here in town on Monday nights. And it's kind of like an intro to trail running group where we just invite people from the community, you know, all walks of life that want to get more involved or have questions about trail running. And that's just been a really fun thing to kind of be a part of and help grow it. Mm -hmm. Now, Lindsay, tell me about Trail Sisters. How did you all get started? Great. Um, so um, Trail Sisters was started in 2016 um, by Gina LaCrezzi out of Colorado. Um, and it started as an online journal um, just to get information out there about women and trail running and having more um, access and opportunity. And then in late 2018, a good friend of mine, um, Amber Thanell, and I um, were asked by, you know, Gina if we would want to start a Nashville chapter of um, Trail Sisters. And we're like, heck yeah, let's do this. Mm -hmm. um, and so it started then, and we had our first run in January 2019. Um, and it's been really fun, and we've been doing runs and hikes um, a few times a month. And um, it depends on, you know, whether we're doing a run or a hike or where we're going. We have various, you know, other women that are joining um, and so it's been a really good outlet. And speaking of the socialization, you know, especially with me, have, you know, I'm a mom of two, have my husband and various other things in work. And so this is my social outlet. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been really nice. What have the Trail Sisters done to help make races and trail running more accommodating? Ah, to women? Thank you for asking. So um, 
about a year or so ago, or, or a little bit longer maybe, um, they started what's called Trail Sisters Approved. And so there are um, four criteria that races have to meet, um, and they will be Trail Sisters Approved, and that's um, equal podium spots and awards for women, um, women-specific apparel, at least available, um, and then menstrual products at all of the aid stations for half marathon or longer, and then women, um, equal women on the starting line. And then in 2014, this is really exciting, um, the races have to have a pregnancy or postpartum policy, whether that be that women can defer um, to next year or be refunded, um, whatever that policy is, they just have to have some kind of policy to help with that. Mm. Now, Guy Frontrunners is a group that serves LGBTQIA people and their allies. I understand you used to commute to Nashville just to be a part of that group, right? Right. That, uh, for a solid year, uh, when I moved to, it was Clarksville initially before I came to Nashville, I, I think that was right before the pandemic. So it was 2018, 2019. Uh, for a solid year, I would I would commute and run with them there. What did it mean to have the front runners in your life? Uh, so much. Um, growing up, I think I just said this a minute ago, but growing up in West Tennessee, um, the queer community was was even less than what it is here in Nashville. Like there, I, honestly, I think I maybe knew one other person that was uh, gay, so it just wasn't prominent there. And coming here and having a whole community of people that actually enjoy running, mm. like I do, was just I don't know. It just made me feel like I had peaked in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Corey, you got sober a couple of years ago. Tell us about your sobriety journey. Yeah, um, thanks for asking. Um, so we're coming up on about 22 months in a couple days. Congratulations. Congratulations. It, yeah, thank you so much. Um, you know, it's kind of been a wild ride for me because in, you know, the trail running community, a lot of our group runs kind of start at a pub or a bar or they're sponsored by craft beer type things. And so, um, I just ended up drinking a lot more than I thought that I was going to in my lifetime and finally decided one day that it was time to get sober. Um, so with that, there are a lot of life changes that came. And one of them was moving from a town in Illinois of, you know, 17, 18,000 people down to Chattanooga, because I just wanted to be closer to the outdoors, like have access to trails from my front door. Um, and throughout that process, it's been, um, it's been such a growing experience, a learning experience and just really learning to take things day by day. And whether that's running performance oriented or just sobriety, you know, it's like one step at a time, you know, 10 seconds at a time, focus on the now, be present. And it's really been just an, a, a really rewarding experience. Now, you know, I understand that some groups are really designed for safety. Guy, tell me, how much of safety is a concern for the front runners? Um, a lot. So uh, luckily during the summer, early spring, late fall time, you know, we have more light outside. So we focus less on uh, visibility, but we do focus a lot on heat. Um, if it's too hot, which we almost postpone our run this past Thursday, I guess that was yesterday, um, we almost postponed it because it was too hot. But safety is a huge concern for us. We um, we tend to like to at least stay paired up if you can. Just, I mean, we're 
part of the LGBTQ and some of us are fairly obvious. So for us, it's like, you know, parts of the Nashville area, you don't want to run by yourself. So um, safety is a huge concern for us. We, we really like to make sure everybody is is doing what they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Now, Lindsay, I'm, I understand you all have runners of all ages join you, we right? Do. What what safety precautions do the trail sisters take? Yeah, absolutely. We um, want kind of talking through being self-aware, also running, you know, in groups. We also talk through like the barriers that what makes a woman not want to go out trail running? Is it because it might be more remote and not wanting to be by themselves, not wanting to get hurt, not wanting to be them by themselves and then you know, have some kind of safety issue with another person. And so kind of talking through that and talking through awareness and then also just, you know, safety and numbers. You know, what I'm I'm interested, you know, what types of relationships can folks look forward to building if they join a running group? I'd love to hear from each of you real briefly. Guy, what can they look forward to to join? Um, that is my favorite because I know for me personally, it's, it's, we talk about it being a community, but it feels more of a family because mm-hmm. we start every Monday and Thursday at specific spots and we stay afterwards and we have drinks and we have food and we talk about each other's week and we talk about each other and like what we're doing. Um, and it's, it's been a point now where it's transformed from meeting on Mondays and Thursdays to all of us have something that we might all do together on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's running related. Sometimes it's just personally related. So um, it's, I don't know, you you come like to run and you leave with friends and family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, what can folks look forward to? Yeah. Kind of relationships they can look forward to building with Yes, sisters. great. So just um, like-minded women um, that might be going through various, you know, things together, um, whether it be hey, I'm on this trail and I just started my period. Oh, I can kind of feel you on that. I understand how tough that is. Or, mm. hey, I'm another mother runner um, having to you know, deal with those types of things, whether it be um, like physiological or it might just be like emotionally. Um, and then just having people that you know you can call on. Like I've been on several text threads just this morning saying, hey, what are we doing this weekend? What kind of run are we going to be able to do? And so that's really nice and encouraging. And then there's various options, whether it be places or distances and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, Corey, and, ask, answer this for me. What would you say to someone who's been thinking about running, but they're still parked on the sofa? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I love this question. You know, um, I always tell people you have to start somewhere. Um, You know, I didn't just start running 100 mile races off of the couch. And, you know, there is nothing wrong with wanting to go out for a run, but say you can only run for 10 or 15 seconds at a time. That's great. Run those 10 or 15 seconds and then walk for two minutes and then try to run again. You know, like it's all a bunch of little consistent movements that end up, you know, adding together over time that can create the just the process to get you to where you want to be. But, you know, don't be intimidated. Don't hesitate to reach out, especially if someone's inviting you to go run with them. That means that they really want you to be a part of this experience. Corey Woltering is a world-class ultra runner and sponsored by North Face. Lindsay Mormon is the co-leader of Trail Sisters Nashville. And Guy Ursery is the co-leader of Front Runners. Thank you all for being with us, and thanks for being here today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll learn about running groups that work to lower barriers in the sport so folks of all abilities can join in on the fun. 
Are you a part of a running group? Which one? And why do you love it? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Kaliole Colonna, and this is Nashville. We've been talking about the benefits of joining a running group. Aside from great exercise, being in a running group provides a connection to others and allows for people to find community. But not everyone comes to running with the same level of fitness or the same skill level. How are running groups inviting everyone to join in and participate? My next guests are here to tell us how they do just that. Amy Harris is the executive director of Achilles Nashville. Julian Curry is the co-leader of Six Run Five. And Monica Moore is owner of Mad Cow Running Company. Amy, Monica, Julian, thanks for joining us. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Really great to have you all. Now, Monica, I understand you played sports in high school. How did you look at running then? Uh, yes, sir. Well, when I played basketball and softball in school, running was seen as punishment. So I wasn't very fond of running during my younger years. Well, what did you get to run like suicides and punishment laps type of thing? Yes. If you, if you didn't play good on defense or you were lazy on the court, then we went in the next day and ran suicides. And then softball, if you made an arrow, you ran from pole to pole in the outfield. Mm -hmm. I know that. I know that. I have that same experience <laughs> when I played sports as well. So tell me, what, what drew you to keep running and to find a running group? Well, I didn't really start running until 2016. I moved to a new area and didn't know anyone, so I joined a local run group and started running with them and about 11 years ago um when i was there i just wanted to meet people and you know i didn't drink so i knew i wouldn't meet people in a bar so i just joined a running group and two years ago i moved back to my hometown and opened up a running store and just formed a running group and it's just grown from there How, you so you loved running that much you went from hating it in high school to loving it that much that you opened up your own running store. What was the inspiration for that? Well, when I very first started, I'm in a very small town in McMinnville, Tennessee. Uh, the county, we have about 40,000 people total. And so the very first running group that I formed, it was three people. And I was one of those three. But our running group has grown to about 28 to 30 people on Tuesday nights. Uh, we have walk groups on Wednesday nights, and then sometimes on Saturdays we'll meet up and run or we'll travel to a race together. So it's it's just been a blessing um, for this running group to grow like it has. Mm -hmm. Now, Julian, you're a part of a running group, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious, were you more of a group runner or a solo runner when you got started? Uh, when I got started, I was, I would say, definitely a solo runner. Actually, well... I would say group because of team effort. So I did cross country in middle school. Mm -hmm. The reason I took on cross country because I wanted to be a basketball player and that was like a requirement, just cross country of football. So it started out, uh, like I said, group effort, but then once it wasn't forced upon in high school, stepped away from it. And then coming back in college, during my undergrad years, I would run here and there throughout the summer. 
and do like one 5K. I would just say use that as like a reward mm-hmm. just for running here and there. But coming over in Nashville, once I moved from Clarksville, Tennessee, I started training for a half marathon. And I always wonder why I could never solely get attached and interested deeply in the sport. But it wasn't until I found a community, a run club to help me like deep dive into it. So now I've become an ultimate group runner, love group running, love uh, building connection through the sport and just gaining a new family that shares the same interest. You have this new family. <laughs> what was it like when you first started up with Six Run Five? Well, first off, it was very, very intimidating. Mm. You know, the founder, Stephen Love Wade, he DM'd me so much, like, come out to the club, you'll be fine. I would make an excuse every week just to not be able to get out there. But um, when I did come in, I just found out everyone was so welcoming. Everyone just loved having new faces out there, especially those that look like them. Mm. And it was just able to give me an avenue to just continue to build in the sport and learn and just grow with them as well. Now, Amy, tell us about the Achilles running group. What's that about? Um, Yeah, so Achilles Nashville is a chapter of a larger organization that's housed in New York. There's 70 Achilles chapters around the world, both national and international. And our chapter started in 2012. And it's designed to support athletes with disabilities. So athletes of all ages and varying abilities, I should say, um, We have folks who are visually impaired, who are blind. We have athletes with cerebral palsy. We have athletes who use racing wheelchairs. We have athletes who use hand cycles. Um, We have athletes with intellectual disabilities, autism. And we provide guides for athletes to participate in mainstream running or whether it's practices, we meet weekly at McKay Park Community Center. We meet twice a week during training seasons, and then we participate in both local and out-of-state races. We have all ages, all abilities. We have folks who you know might use a cane or a walker that can maybe just walk a quarter of a mile. And then we have folks who train for the Boston Marathon. So all different abilities. That's pretty cool. How did you find the group? So my background is in pediatric rehab and special education. And interestingly enough, I was at the Cincinnati Flying Pig doing the marathon there. I have a daughter who has cerebral palsy. And she was at the finish line waiting for me to finish the marathon And during the course of the race, I had seen several folks who were appeared to be blind who are being guided and folks who had other challenges on the course um, with guides. And my daughter had noticed it as well. And um, she said it was a group of Achilles athletes. And we had not heard of that. And we came back and looked it up when we got back to Nashville And we found out that a chapter had started here in Nashville literally the week before. Mm. So we joined it maybe two weeks after having, you know, the group had started in 2012. They had at that point one blind athlete who was part of, you know, the disability representative. 
and lots of other, you know, folks from the community, but um, it's grown, you know, over the years, obviously we have a large group of, of athletes and guides that come every week and participate. What does your daughter enjoy about it? She likes the challenge. For her, it's been different things over the years. Um, she's a young adult now, but when she first started, you know, 12 years ago, she was, you know, kind of an older teen. So she would do some of the 5Ks on her walker, and she would often get an early start in the 5Ks. She was always the first to start and the last to finish. And she loved, she's very social. She loved all the cheering at the end. Um, her cognitive skills are great. So she quickly learned that in order to do some of the travel races, she couldn't do it on her walker because she wasn't fast enough. So she um, started using a hand cycle because she wanted to go to Disney with some of our guides and run the Disney marathons. Achilles supports our athletes to travel to races and um, also in our local races as well. But we have a, a an athlete fund for each athlete so that they have you know an allotted amount of money to spend on races and shoes and whatnot. Yeah. Now, but anyway, so she liked that and she loves the social part of it too. Mm -hmm. So it's both the physical fitness and the social piece of it. Mm -hmm. Now, Monica, I understand you were an educator for 27 years. Do you run now with people you once taught in high school? Yes, I do. Uh, I was an educator and a basketball coach, and I am now um, running with people that I taught and coached and also people that I graduated with. So it's just been a really unique experience to open up this running store and start a running group. That must be really cool to run with kids you once taught when they were in school. <laughs> That's got to be something else. As a former educator, I can I can hear your smile right now when you think about it. Now, representation is also something that's really important to folks who in running groups. Julian, I understand that's a big thing for you. Real quick, tell me, why does that matter? Uh, representation just means a lot. Um, I always believe just the saying, um, you can't go nowhere you can't see. So... What that means to me is whenever I started seeing black runners, I was like, oh, I could actually do this as well. So just being able to be one of those ones in Nashville that leaves an impact um, on the black community is doing something healthy, doing something um, fitness and doing just something positive. It just means a lot to me, you know, just running throughout the neighborhoods and individuals just sitting on the porch can see a black runner out there doing something great. It's just so just so impactful and and it's just the way that we we really you know move our community and promote them to do something positive mm -hmm. and really i really enjoy all this real I, I really wish we had more time for more questions but we're running out of time i want to thank all of my guests amy harris she's the executive director of achilles nashville julian curry is the co-leader of 615 and monica moore is the owner of mad cow running company thanks again to all of you for being with us it's friday that means it's time for me to hop out of the studio and ride shotgun with one of our fellow middle tennesseans okay so my guest for this ride is julie height now you may know her name she is the senior music writer here at Nashville Public Radio. But did you also know she is an avid ultra runner? As we heard, those are extreme running competitions, like 50 to 100 miles long extreme. It's wild, I know. We met up to talk about what ultra running is like and to stock up some gear for an upcoming race. Buckle up. 
Trail running is something different. Sometimes I describe it as like the world's weirdest, grossest buffet in the woods <laughs> because you might run for an hour or two hours or something and then emerge from the woods to people who have some folding tables set up with stale potato chips, stale pretzels, cheese quesadillas, bacon. And the last ultra I did a couple of weeks ago, somebody handed me an airplane bottle size bottle of Fireball, which that happens a lot <laughs> in those kinds of situations, is, believe it or not. Okay, so is that something that's merely congratulatory or are there well, I wasn't and done performance yet. benefits? Oh. <laughs> I wasn't done yet. <laughs> oh. I was, uh, I still had some miles to go, but I, I was in the home stretch. Okay, you know? so it's the home stretch. It's like, here's your shot. You're almost done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I put on Janelle Monae's album. I did maybe half of the fireball shot, you know. Okay. You, you just got to you gotta play it safe. You can't be doing that at the beginning of a really long race, or you might not yes. make it yes. through. <laughs> All right, so one thing I've always wondered when people are doing these 24-hour, 48-hour races. Yeah. Two things that we have to do as human beings. We have to use the restroom and we have to sleep. Pooping and sleeping. How do you, how do you, <laughs> what's the deal? How do you handle all that? The $64,000 question. You can't be precious and you can't be afraid of traipsing through mud puddles and getting gross and, and all of that. I yeah. mean, you just have to, you know, you have to pee in the woods. You have to get way off the trail, you know? Yes. And I mean, sometimes, sometimes you might get diarrhea out there and then you just have to get away from, get away from the trail, get away from people and handle you know? what you got to handle. Yeah. Okay. So where are we now? We are at an independent running store out East Nashville running company. Uh, where I need to get some stuff for an ultra that I'm doing this weekend. Okay. All right, here we go. So what, what are you going to buy here? Well, you know, I need stuff to eat and drink, and I know the dangers of putting stuff in your body is going to upset your stomach or make you have to poop while, oh, you're, yes. while you're running. Oh, this is cool. These are nice shoes. Yeah. Colorful. Yeah, colors are... The colors are popping. Hey. Ooh. Okay. See now, they got, this is my jam right here. <laughs> this is called, this is called Element and it will, it is, it is magical. It will let you run in the heat and humidity. Okay. Hot tip, mango chili. Mango chili. Yeah. You can't very, go wrong with mangoes and chili. I mean, you could probably make cocktails out of this stuff too. Margaritas. Yeah, yeah, mango chili, mango chili. Squirrel's nut butter right here. This, this is for chafing. Okay. <laughs> chafing is real this time of year. Yes, spring, spring gel. Yeah, this was actually developed by a scientist who was here in Nashville. Yeah, this is essentially like applesauce with ginger in it. Ooh. <laughs> and, and rice. And See, we got some honey, coconut water, lemon, grapefruit juice, sea salt. Doesn't that sound good? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, did you <laughs> run when you were in like middle school, high school? 
I played basketball obsessively and a basketball coach made me run track for a year, but it was not, it was not a great experience. She just sent us out into a field behind the school and just said, just run around that field. Just keep on running around the field. You know, then I had to show up for the meets and run the mile and no one had told me how to do anything. And my mom was like, I bought you basketball shoes. I'm not buying you running shoes, you know? Yeah. She wouldn't even spring for real uh, spandex shorts. Then <laughs> they go under the, she got me homemade spandex shorts. Whoa. So I was feeling, yeah. Not not great. I was feeling like a scrub, looking like a scrub, and had That's just cool. no none of the things that make you feel like I can do this. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm supposed to be aiming for, and I feel confident. None of that. So, yeah, it wasn't until, you know, I think in college I started running some on my own, but I had a next-door neighbor one year that suckered me into doing the Tomato 5K. The East Nashville Tomato 5K. Last one there's a rotten tomato. In trail running, I have had standoffs with wild hogs, <laughs> bears. I've, you know, almost stepped on gigantic rattlesnakes. Had a standoff with a, a Florida panther at one in the morning. Um, yeah, all kinds of all kinds of stuff like that. Riding Shotgun is supported by Xander Insurance. And thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Magnolia McKay and Julie Height. Our senior producer is Steve Harouche. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Laura Boach was on the boards. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at thisisnashville. Find us on Instagram and let us know what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil A. Colonna. We'll see you Monday, everybody. And be good to each other. <laughs>